The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility and love of Christ. Here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country and beyond, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily this Lord's Day are offered in the praise of God for our congregation here present within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of service, leadership, and ministry in our midst. And as the spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us here in worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Grant us, O Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts, for as you always resist the proud who confide in their own strength, so you never forsake those who make their boast of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. We gather come Sunday to listen for a word of faith in a pastoral voice toward a common hope. To move forward together in this and in every time, we need to have the ritual habits that allow us to let go our anxieties, to let go our anxieties as the choir guides us in the singing of our traditional Kyrie. May we recall the apostles' teaching, have no anxiety about anything, but in all things, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, lift your needs to God. Let us pray. Beloved, hear good news, words of absolution, cleansing, healing, and pardon. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God.
listen from the epistle of James, chapter 2, verses 1 to 10 and 14 to 17. My brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord, Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes come into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the other one who is poor, you say, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has God not chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. And it's not the rich who oppress you. Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent nature that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So, by, so faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading responsively Psalm 125 with the Antiphon.
Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time on and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, so that the righteous might not stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their own crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. Please stand as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark, chapter 7, verses 24 through 37. Glory to you, O Lord. From there he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there, yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him. And she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Seraphitian origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the child or children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child laying on the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre 
and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an immediate or impedent in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, went from the crowd, and put his finger into his ear, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephetha, that is, be open. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered him to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealous they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. be seated. Begin with hope in mind, for is, there is a healing that hope brings. Begin with the hope in mind. There is a healing that hope brings. Since her cousins and sister had already jumped into the cold lake right off the end of the dock, Jane, too, headed that way. It was her turn to jump. The air was warm, but the water was cold, she knew, from wading earlier. 
She wanted to jump, but she feared the cold. She had some hope, but it had a cousin called fear. She longed to proceed as others had, but she feared the pain, the jolt, jolt, the cold of the water. So she paused, and she pondered, and she hesitated, and she equivocated. She moved left and right. Then she asked to take a moment to go down into the water waiting to get her feet wet and to get herself wet before the jump. Up she came, but still she stood still. Jump, Jane, called her cousins. But since that light moistening didn't work, she asked to go down into the water to submerge in full and thereby be all wet before the jump. Surely that would do the trick. But that didn't work either. Finally, she negotiated an end to the hostilities by deciding to wait until the next day. She went up the hill, dry and warm, but unsuccessful and downcast, her fear mollified, but her hope deferred. She had it right, though, both ways, didn't she? Yes, it would feel good to jump, and yes, it would not feel good to jump, both at the very same time. The sheer public full honesty of the dilemma, the horns of the dilemma, is something we adults somehow learn or manage to disguise. One is always better than the other when it comes to choices, we suppose, right? Is that right? Well, not really. Yes, it feels good to jump, but yes, it feels bad to jump, both at the same time. And there was evening, and there was morning, another day. And the next day, Jane, a whole day older and wiser, took her usual place, fourth among six, and sauntered to the end of the dock, counted to the ritual uno dos tres, and without a moment's hesitation, she jumped and she came up smiling. Now, less fear, now more hope, Choices in real time, choices in our, in our experience, choices in freedom for young and old are strange things, dialectical, multidimensional. We want what we fear and we fear what we want. We hope for what we do not see and we do not see the way toward that for which we hope. And sometimes, the air feels better, and sometimes the water. The meaning in life and the meaning of life are in the living of life. Choose, choose, and then choose again. But as you begin, begin with the hope in mind. Yes, there is fear, but there is hope too. For the Gospel of Mark, it is ever a question put to us again today whether we can learn to see through Jesus' eyes to begin with the hope in mind, to be honest about our fears for sure, and in due course to give them their due. But when your child is ill, as was the child of the Syrophoenician woman, to begin with hope in mind, 
But when your body needs healing, as did that of the Gentile without hearing, to begin with hope in mind. Hope is the spiritual air we need to breathe. It is not so much that where there is life, there is hope, but more that where there is hope, there is life. We are savingly accosted today by the healing that hope brings. Jesus in his earthly ministry preached, taught, and healed. Our Gospel of Mark read this morning and throughout this year spares no expense or effort to make sure we recognize the power for healing in his hopeful presence. In fact, today we have two healing stories conflated and combined to double the punch. The second records a healing of speech and hearing brought along by Jesus in the region of the Sea of Galilee, the healing of a deaf mute whose ears are opened and whose tongue is set free. There is no mistaking the intention here to evoke and invoke the preaching of the church on its own, unable to hear and so unable to talk. But with the radiant risen Christ, radiant in these apocalyptic passages, these things become real possibilities. Hick et nunc, here and now. The chance for the hearing of a word fitly spoken and the chance for the utterance of a word fitly spoken. An old story, this. It carries an Aramaic word into the Greek language and world of Mark's written gospel and Roman community. Ephatha, be opened. We are savingly accosted today by the healing that hope brings. Jesus in his earthly ministry preached and taught and healed. Our Gospel of Mark, read this morning and throughout this year, spares no expense or effort to make sure we recognize the power for healing in his hopeful presence. In fact, today we have two healing stories conflated and combined to double the punch. The first story, if ever there was to be one story truly accurate about Jesus' earthly life, carries us to Jesus' worn tunic side, to Jesus' young man's body, to Jesus' somehow power to heal, to Jesus' willingness to be corrected, to stand corrected. Mark and the early church had every reason to forget such embarrassment. The Lord of life brought to terms by a poor woman, a fearful and fretful mother, who would do anything for her daughter, a Gentile woman an outsider, not truly religious, who challenges him. Yes, Lord, but sir, even. There is no mistaking the intention here to evoke and invoke the preaching of the church on its own mistaken about the universality, the breadth, the magnanimity of the mighty God and his God-begotten Son. But with the risen Christ, radiant in these apocalyptic passages, these errors become real possible pathways to full healing, to a child brought back from the brink, to the chance for the hearing of a word fitly spoken, and the chance for the utterance of such. 
An old story this, it carries a woman's harsh rebuke of him the church and Mark's Roman community proclaimed as risen Savior, Son of God, Lord and Christ. Both stories are shot through with magical exorcistic language, so much so that Matthew, in retelling the gospel on the basis of Mark two decades or so later, eliminated them. For the language can cause us to miss the meaning of the stories. They are meant to be understood symbolically, metaphorically. The hope that Jesus brings, announces our gospel, can be spoken and heard by those not originally religious, those not within the accustomed heritage of faith, the Gentiles. Why, Jesus even loses the one argument he loses in his whole ministry here to a Gentile, a Syrophoenician woman, a wily, crafty Gentile woman. The hope that Jesus brings can be spoken and heard by, by those not naturally inclined to such speech and hearing. Those not gifted, say, with a special religious gene or a spiritual gene. For some, music comes easily. For others, not so. For some, it may be, faith comes more easily. For others, it may be not so. It is in the nature of things, this difference. Yet the hope of healing that Jesus brings here overcomes both cultural and natural barriers, and Jesus is still working miracles of speaking and hearing, of loosening tied-up tongues. Salvation is a Latin-rooted word stemming from salvus, which means health. The hope of salvation for us, for you, for me today, is the hope of healing. Where there is healing, there is the risen Christ, as if he were to say, I am the hospital, I am the diagnosis, I am the medicine, no one comes to healing but by me, and wherever healing happens, there I am also. Every day this fall, begin with the hope in mind. Every week this fall, come the Lord's day, come to church and begin with the hope in mind. At every turn, with every challenge and every season, begin with the hope in mind. You heard the hope of healing in Senator John McCain's memorial last weekend. Yes, in the trumpets and traditional American music of the Navy hymn, and in Boston's My Country Tis of Thee, and the battle hymn of the Republic, and the nature hymn How Great Thou Art. Yes, in the wise voices of presidents, senators, family, and friends. Yes, in the Gospel of John with attendant lesser scriptures. Yes, in the organ, the gothic nave, the robed choirs, the solemn liturgy, yes, yes. But primordially, you heard the hope of healing in Gerard Manley Hopkins's two-verse poem with which the sermon that morning brilliantly began. 
as kingfishers catch fire, dragonflies draw flame, as tumbled over rim and roundy wells stones ring, like each tucked string tells, each hung bell's bow swung finds tongue to fling out broad its name. Each mortal thing does one thing and the same, deals out that being indoors each one dwells, selves goes itself, myself it speaks and spells, crying, what I do is me, for that I came. I say more, the just man justices, keeps grace, that keeps all his goings graces, acts in God's eye what in God's eye he is, Christ. For Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes not his, to the Father through the features of men's faces. For Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs, and lovely in eyes not his. Begin with hope. Many of us, many of you, had left campus last spring before the full beginning, the full celebration of commencement. Those days, May 2018, offered great hope in beginnings. Our commencement at Boston University in 2018 was a new beginning that began with hope. We heard hope in the voice of the deans in conference who spoke about the question, what constitutes ideal student life? Here are some of the words used. See if they sound to you like they sound to me. Meaning, belonging, joy, happiness, in the world, for the world, being known, friendship, community, care, pastoral care, health, tradition, gathering, shared big experience, lessened, lessened anxiety, mental health. That all sounds to me a whole lot like religion. All require a leap of faith. Jump, Jane! You cannot get within earshot of meaning, belonging, joy, happiness in the world for the world, being known, friendship, community, care, pastoral care, health, tradition, gathering, shared big experience, lessened anxiety, mental health, at least not very easily. Apart from religion and the practice thereof. We heard hope in that week in the voice of those honored by induction into the Scarlet Key, an induction that has been done for 105 years. We heard hope in the honored faculty member in the School of Dentistry who remembered his own graduation and having six family members come and stay with him in his one-bedroom apartment for a whole week. It's coming to all. Then he said to the graduates, work for the cause, not the applause. Work for the cause, not the applause. We heard hope in the voice of Professor Nancy Ammerman preaching from this pulpit during the School of Theology hooding ceremony. She fully acknowledged the difficulties in ministry and in life which bedevil our time, indeed which shadow and make anxious every day, including this one. Then she quietly and strongly spoke the gospel and spoke about the gospel. 
she said, the gospel is leaven, light, and salt. Leaven, light, and salt. And her sermon was leaven, light, and salt. We heard hope in the voice of Carmen Julinda Cruz Soto, mayor of San Juan, speaking from this pulpit, who simply asked, what will you do when you were faced, as she and her people were last year, with choices of life and death? Now we know some 3,000 died. She asked, how will you face that? Then she broke down briefly and beautifully in emotional remembrance of what her parents sacrificed to send her to Boston University, including mortgaging their home twice. We heard hope in the voice of John Lewis at the biggest of our gatherings, 20,000 and more at Nickerson Field, after Lewis had worshiped here in the pews of Marsh Chapel. He told about his first correspondence with and first conversation with Martin Luther King more than 50 years ago. Then he challenged the 20,000 present at Nickerson Field saying, so, good for you. You have a degree, and then what? You'll get a good job, and then what? You buy a new car, and then what? You build a new house, and then what? You'll advance your career, and then what? You'll make some money, and then what? What lasting meaning will your life and your work have had? What lasting meaning will your life and your work have had? We heard hope from Colonel Thomas Stewart at one of our smallest but most meaningful gatherings, the ROTC commissioning annually at Faneuil Hall, though this year at City Hall. Get rid of your ego, he told his second lieutenants. Royalty left the army when the British left Boston. Get rid of your ego. You put your mission first. You focus on your people always. You be adaptable. You practice lifelong learning. And their parents stood beside them, placing upon their shoulders the apulets, the shoulder boards, marking them, women and men, for service and sacrifice as they promised to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Do you hear that? the Constitution, all enemies, foreign or domestic. We heard hope in the voice of Cardinal Sean O'Malley in the reception of our Madero scholars, telling those 20 full scholarship recipients that because you have been given a great gift, you have a responsibility in the future in some significant way to give back. Today, we begin with the hope in mind, here in a sermon offered, offered you as a word of faith in a pastoral voice toward a common hope. May our global, global listenership, including this year Casey Schultz and Madagascar, continue, continue to expand. May our undergraduate student members, like those present and participating today, continue to increase May our worship service be distributed broadly to NPR stations coast to coast 
so that those in Idaho and Texas can hear the service live on their home NPR station. May the interpretation of the scriptures here and elsewhere continue to try to bring a biblical, prophetic critique to bear upon national and cultural leadership under such manifold cloud cover today. May we try to strengthen the vital habits of assembly and representative democracy, these crucial though underattended time and labor intensive communal gatherings in faculty assembly, in annual conference, in Congress, in shared life. May our pastoral ministry embodied in chaplains and in many lay leaders be matched by similarly vigorous ministries of outreach and of evangelism. This may not be the morning for you to take a leap of faith. The timing may not be quite right. The air may be warmer than the water and the water may still be cold. The right balance of hope and fear may not yet have arrived. No worries. There is tomorrow and there is next week and there is another day. Yesterday was splash the celebration of student life and groups inviting a leap or two of faith. Friday night said John Kerry in reference to his recent writing about faith. You know, when it comes to faith, somehow it always takes a leap. Or, on the other hand, just now, the time may be right and the air and the water temperature fit for just that sort of leap. Begin with hope in mind, for there is a healing that hope brings. Begin with the hope in mind, for there is a healing that hope brings. Amen. I wait for you, O God, my soul waits, and in your word I hope. My soul waits for you, O God, more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. As we turn our hearts and minds to prayer, I invite you to assume an attitude and posture of prayer according to your tradition by remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord.
Our prayers this morning come from J. Philip Newell's Celtic Benediction. I watch this morning for the light that the darkness has not overcome. I watch for the fire that was in the beginning and that burns still in the brilliance of the rising sun. I watch for the glow of life that gleams in the growing earth and glistens in sea and sky. I watch for your light, O God, in the eyes of every living creature and in the ever-living flame of my own soul. If the grace of seeing were mine this day, I would glimpse you in all that lives. Grant me the grace of seeing this day. Grant me the grace of seeing. Blessed are you, O child of the dawn, for your light that dapples through creation on leaves that shimmer in the morning sun and in showers of rain that wash the earth. Blessed are you for the human spirit dappled with eternal light in its longings for love and birth and its pain-filled passions and tears. Blessed are you, O Christ, for you awaken me to life. Blessed are you, for you stir me to true desire. May the light of God illumine the heart of my soul. May the flame of Christ kindle me to love. May the fire of the Spirit free me to live this day, tonight, and forever. Amen. And our Savior, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Good morning. We welcome you again to Marsh Chapel. My name is the Reverend Dr. Karen Coleman, and I have the privilege of serving as Associate Chaplain for Episcopal Ministry here at Marsh. Thank you for joining us as a part of our community of worship today. Whether you are here in the sanctuary, listening on the radio, or live stream on the internet, or later via our podcast. For those of you joining us in the sanctuary, we invite you to fill out your name and contact information in the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew. This will help us to get to know you better and you to get to know one another better. Following the service, we invite you to join us for our barbecue lunch on BU Beach, which is right behind here. Our Bible study will also begin at 12.30 today in the Thurman Room, this week focusing on 1 Corinthians at 12.30. The first meeting of the Thurman Choir, our non-audition-based volunteer choir, will also take place at 12.30 in Robinson Chapel. At 12.15 on Monday, please join us for Monday meditation in Robinson Chapel this is led by our chaplain for international students, Jessica Chica, and is a nice way to begin your week. Our ecumenical night prayer service begins at 5.30, followed by community dinner at 6. This week also kicks off our global dinner club with taco night on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Thursday brings the return of Mind, Body, and Spirit Yoga at 5 p.m. in Robinson Chapel. At 6 p.m., those interested in joining the Marsh Chapel Choir are invited to audition in the nave of the chapel. Next Sunday, please join us for morning book study group. This year, we are reading The Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World, by His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Books are available after the service today or by calling the office. The fall term book is here. Please pick up a copy today or by stopping by the Marsh Chapel office. The digital version is also available on the Marsh Chapel website. And now Brother Larry Whitney, University Chaplain for Community Life, will offer a few additional announcements. Good morning. It's a great joy to welcome you here this morning and to uh, welcome on board the ministry staff of the chapel uh, several new faces. Uh, I want to introduce Mr. Joseph Viola, who is joining the Global Department uh, as a ministry associate completing his contextual education internship uh, that's part of his degree program at the School of Theology. Uh, I also want to uh, point out two ministry assistants who have joined the staff of the ministry department. One is a familiar face to us here at Marsh Chapel. Nick Rodriguez is our ministry assistant for outreach and engagement. If you are a Boston University student, and uh, whether undergraduate, graduate, or professional, as we gather outside on the BU Beach for barbecue after the service, please make a plate of food and then join Nick at a table to get connected uh, to each other and to the community here at Marsh and more broadly broadly at the university. Uh, our Mihalia Dam is our ministry ass assistant for children's ministry. It, uh, families with children are invited to greet her at the barbecue, and children's education will begin more formally next Sunday 
at the end of uh, the, the service. To the five returning Marsh associates, these are our undergraduate interns here at Marsh Chapel, Mr. Devin Harvin, Ms. Denise Nicole Stone, Mr. Thomas Badson, Mr. Emmy Fermin, and Ms. Phoebe Oler. We are adding three more Mar Marsh associate interns this year, Ms. Shruti Gupta, Ms. Celie Johnson, and Mr. TJ Bergeron. So please greet them after the service at the barbecue as well. Uh, welcome them. We offer a word, warm word of welcome to all of them in joining the ministry staff here at Marsh and look forward to all that they will accomplish in the coming year. Thank you. For all other news and upcoming events, please visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as the chapel website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, may we remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
gracious, loving, holy. Bless and multiply these our gifts of money, tangible symbols of our common hope to further your work of love and justice in the world. Amen. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to the, give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. Amen.